Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 144 of Death Readers, the podcast where Rob and I read and discuss the books we've not read before for the first time. Some of us. Some of us. In this episode, we'll be discussing Hannibal by Thomas Harris, chapters 69 through 85. Do you have any housekeeping before we get moving? Frog visual acuity. Oh, yeah, please tell me. I didn't look You it haven't listened to the last episode, but no. you basically called it exactly right. Oh, is it they don't see things unless they move? No, no, no. That's what I was saying. Oh, okay. What did um, I say? They can, of course, see stationary objects. The the line I meant, or, or the line I read online uh, was like, they don't just bump into shit blindly when they hop. But what the visual acuity is actually referencing is the idea that... Um, Hunting? Movement is hardwired to eating. Yeah. And that's what you were saying. Yeah. So... When they see movement, they think, that thing's alive, therefore it's edible. Yes. Um... And so that's more what that whole thing's about. Man, again, like, why did I have to take 30 years to figure that out? Like, how come they couldn't have just said that in Jurassic Park? Because Michael Creighton is kind of an author who likes to write via headlines. Ugh. Not just do the research. Well, at least he's... DNA trapped in amber. That's great. At least he doesn't want to write in headlines the way J.K. Rowling does. Not soon enough. Um, if it was if she was writing it, it would be soonly enough. Cause she... <laughs> I, I see the twinkle in your eye, and I want to give you whatever credit it is you think you deserve, but I I don't I don't get it. Because <laughs> she famously adds is bad at descriptive writing and just ends up writing a lot of oh shit the adverbs the god adverbs it's so good into, into everything oh you're so funny no, that, was, that was good that was good i was trying i was cross-referencing with all sorts of you know since we mentioned headlines i was thinking that aspect but that was it was an even deeper cut just purely about her writing good job on you i'm sorry jeez this is my curse <laughs> it is it's your curse um okay so so no other uh, – so thank you. No. I'm glad you looked that up because I had forgotten that I was curious about it, and now it's solved. And I was right the whole time. Classic me. All right. So um, you – I don't. I have almost no notes. I spent so much time because of this section of the book being so many chapters and then being so brief. I, I spent – I've spent so much time just writing summaries of page, of chapters that will literally be one page long. I, it's fine. It's that, fine. Like I just it, it just it's so exhausting. I've got enough for sure. I'm glad. I'm glad you left to be my worry. spark plug. Um I'll set the foundation and you take us to the moon. All right. Well, let's start the show with part 4, which is called Notable Occasions on the Calendar of Dread. Um and then that is there's nothing to talk about there. So then then what follows that is chapter 69. Nice. Um Clarice analyzes the luxury purchases monitoring system's weekend results before realizing her office maid had been feeding info directly to Krendler. She stops by Crawford's empty office before heading for her car. For some ominous reason, this chapter ends with the note that she'll never see Quantico again. And that's my only note. Do you have anything about that uh, finite foreshadowing? I don't like it as a tool. Um, mm. I, I personally feel like, like I get why authors use it, but like, what I don't like about it is the, like, I think it's a good way to end the very first chapter of a book because it will, because that's a good starting point to be like, to, to keep your audience, I think to keep your reader going, man, if I can remember this the whole time, I'm always like kind of on the lookout for when the end shows up and maybe I'm going to be spending a lot of time filling in the blanks to try to solve this riddle that's been there from the beginning but when you introduce it at this point which arguably is like six eighths of three-fourths of the way through the book sure like it, it i'm already here man like i don't need a cliffhanger like fish hook you don't think it focuses the audience's attention like a magician saying look over here because like it, it focuses your dread you know that whatever the ending is going to include it won't include um a, cl a cavalry no, because I, I think I think what it includes is too much conclusion. I think okay. it tells me too much about where this story is going to go, which removes a lot of mystery for me. Like, okay, so so now I know that there's no there's no way this story's ending with her reinstated in the FBI. 
Right. And whether or not that involves her death or her... Um, Recruitment to the CIA. Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? But, like... <laughs> Or, or just her, like, you know, I don't know what else. It could, it could be literally anything except she, but even the CIA, like, you could imagine a person in the CIA might go to Quantico once in a while, maybe, oh, I don't true. know. But, like, what we know is that she just simply doesn't, apparently. And that's, right. that is so lame. You don't find it ominous, you find it lame. I mean, it's, it's perfect, it's perfectly ominous, but it's an ominous in a lame way. Right, yes, yes. Um, because, it, 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 again, like, it, it feels like, it feels a little spoilery. Okay. That, Stephen guess, King uses this a lot. That's where oh, I've noticed it before. Ugh, fuck where, well, maybe I, he'll go as far as you'll be like reading something, and he'll end the chat or he'll end the section with, and he would never see her alive again. And you're like, "Fuck! What? Why?" Yeah, yeah. I um, I think that if it was in a like a Stephen King book where it's, I, I don't know. I haven't read any Stephen spoilers King. for Bag of Bones. Oh, go great! Ahead. I haven't seen a lot of um, Stephen King before but or read a lot but um my my understanding of his work is that he doesn't really um go back for sequels a lot not a lot no and but he does love his interconnected i mean he was doing the mcu shit long before the mcu um well you know cinematic universe maybe but not not Marvel Universe. Anyway. Um, no, that's... I know. Um, but he also... He does love his devices. Yes, but but my, my point is, so, like, the thing... The difference here is that this is a character two books in the making, arguably a story arc three books in the making. It's kind... Like, if you have... If you're reading this far into this book, having already read the previous two books, and you don't give a shit about Clarice Starling, you probably should have stopped. So to read yeah. the, the, something this final about her arc it's it just it just feels like uh, abrupt and spoily it just it's like it's like it, it's almost like if someone it's 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 like if someone uh tips you off that there is a surprise birthday party waiting for you mm. it's or like if you're going in to see the sixth sense and they're like oh you won't believe the twist yes yes and you're like always looking out for the twist now right regardless of what it could be you're just spending your time imagining the twist now gotcha like what I did with you and a beautiful mind, where like it was like, hey, by the yes. way, this this is a thing that you that happens in the movie, and then you spend the whole movie knowing that, and it's hard to not think about that. But that, but because it was me, it sent me on a, a spiral where I I questioned everything, even after I could verify it on Wikipedia. <laughs> it's true. So, so yeah, I was like, bullshit. <laughs> He's in a vegetative state. Never did anything else with his life. Clearly, this whole movie is a Jacob's Ladder scenario. <laughs> Um, and that sort of robs you from from the opportunity to. I rob enjoy. me all the time. It's it's true, because it's my name. Dude. I well yes well who knows what we could you could change your name at a fucking instant knowing how you treat birthdays. It, it's a noun and a verb. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, that's that's how I feel about that in this book. Is that it feels like it, it it's like okay I know there's a I know there's a party waiting I don't know exactly what kind but I guess there's something conclusive that I can predict in the future because I trust the source that gave it to me. And that's, it's just such a, it's just, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't dig it, but okay. it is, uh, it is ominous. All right. You have any more notes? You said that was your note. All right. Chapter 70. Starling is served with papers, likely concerning the charges Mason trumped up against her. Clarice and Ardelia go over her rights, and after a call to Crawford, he promised he'll be there to support Clarice. That's like it. There's <laughs> it. so many of these, these chapters in this episode that are just going to be, sort of gently pushing different characters forward in the overall narrative. It's fine. And it's fine. It's just not that much to talk about, unfortunately, guys. Look, when there's something to talk about, we'll let you know. Don't you worry about it. Chapter 71. Starling and Crawford make their way to the hearing. Jack seems bothered by how little info he can get on the particulars of the hearing, but after being accosted by a group of reporters, he determines they were tipped off. And that means someone in the hearing doesn't want it brushed under the rug. Um... There's an interesting bit of data dropped in this chapter. Oh, is there? Where uh, Crawford says to Starling, it's the 90th anniversary of the FBI. Bush is coming to speak. Mm-hmm. That did happen. Mm-hmm. On the 90th anniversary of the FBI, Bush did come to speak. But that was on November 20th of 1998. But this day takes place on December 18th. Interesting. So I think we definitely have narrowed it down to a year and a season. But clearly... 
in this universe, the 90th anniversary celebration happened in December, just a couple days before Christmas instead of November. Fascinating. I I remember being uh, while reading these chapters, I do have that uh, recollection of being like, oh, we've the shootout in the beginning of the book was in the summer and now it's winter. This is this whole story has taken months and mm. it's fun to see the seasons change and how mm. that's impacting like uh, vampires in snow, you know, things mm-hmm. like that are, are relevant. And that's, you know, that's good. That's good. All right. Chapter 72. Krenler commands Crawford to leave the room where Clarice is accused of supplying Hannibal with information leading to his escape. She objects and counter-accuses Krenler of circumventing the Bureau to enrich himself by assisting Mason Verger in Hannibal's capture. She turns in her badge and guns before leaving and facing a throng of reporters who still seem to know too much. That's it. That's what happens. Uh, it was... This is the second time I feel like we've seen her in front of a group of men like this in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Harris is doing a great job making the FBI and, and bureaucracy seem terrifying. Oh, yeah. Especially for a woman. Yeah. And I think that that's a really interesting choice. I mean, how do I say this? Uh, it, it, he, he's just doing a really good job of playing this instrument. Um of 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 use of knowing this is what this will evoke in my reader mm-hmm. i'm going to i'm going to capitalize on that and work on that and it's very it's very well done there's also a fun narrative symmetry of having her plucked out of danger by the monster and essentially put right back in when he wanted her to mm-hmm. be so i mean she's just back in front of another hearing and now she is you know put on administrative leave like she would have been the first time yeah Crawford oh i did her. really like the italian ambassador Oh, Montenegro, yeah. yeah. The, uh, who just he looked into Krindler's face until he went away, totally ruining Krindler's practice line. It was it was such a great moment and such a great moment of weakness from Krindler. I liked it all. Krindler is beautifully awful as a again. Yes. He's he's just he has these instruments. He's like this symphony of characters. He's he's playing so well, and Krindler is a really good bad guy because yes. he's so um, you know. There's this element of just how inept and selfish and. And, Spite, petty. and spiteful yeah oh yeah okay and and no no p- petty is a great word it's also applicable it, it, um yeah and, and he he really just like runs those two things together and i agree that, that like sh- having the comparison of like essentially like a sniveling puke like krenler versus an actual like let's just say uh in outdated terms like a real man shows mm-hmm. up and is uh strong assertive uh gentlemanly mm-hmm. and uh sort of valiant in a way and he all he he saves i also like them not only does he save the day just by staring him down till he leaves but there's also that moment where he uh has that recollection of like oh he can appreciate the poetry of hannibal's comment and knowing that krenler has no fucking clue yeah about what that sounds what that means or how it could be significant or anything because he's just such a like because he's a uh corn pone country brain yeah and it's it's great it's very well done anything else nothing else chapter 73 krenler addresses the media's inquiries about starling and hannibal while lector watches on tv from his home Lecter muses about time and, the, and entropy and imagines a world where his digested sister would reconstitute and take Starling's place, whatever that means. I think, and this comes up later in a different character, but I think Thomas Harris is is writing his characters so we see the cracks in their logic. Mm. Or, or we see you know where emotion is taking over and they're not being completely reasonable. And that's like his particular mania is well, clearly there's a space in the world. And if I empty it out, then Misha can take over. Yeah, that's weird. Weird. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's also just hard for me to like, it's hard for me to rationalize uh, like uh, empathy or like, I can't, I can't relate to that. Um, sure. Cause it seems so out, outlandishly psychotic and, uh, or just dumb. Like I get, okay. Like imagining a fantasy of being like, Oh wow. Like here's a young woman in my life who I'd like to, uh, help be better in life like i would have my sister oh and then you could like transpose those emotions onto this other person but to imagine and maybe he's not being as literal as i'm taking him 
but like mm. to, to suggest that he thinks that he can use essentially like entropy and willpower to force his sister to like embody starling's body i don't even know what he's trying to do like i, I it's 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 really weird well i mean i think it is crazy or disturbed however you want to say that but i mean people have had those kinds of delusions all throughout history yeah but hannibal i just yeah. feel like he's so he's so composed all the time that it's it sort of I, I i'm worried that that would like devalue him if he's thinking about that literally i don't know i, I think it makes him not the obnoxious gentleman monster it's like it gives him a sense of reality that he can have this derangement that makes no sense i i don't know i mean i don't feel like he's missing that without it though i feel like he had mm. like the derangement is in how he he eats people to me like that's enough of a derangement um i don't i don't really feel like you need this other I don't know. I feel like it devalues him. That's all I can really say is I feel like it takes away from his, uh, his scariness to be kind of, uh, foolish in this way. Interesting. And, and I, I don't know. It's not, it's not huge. Cause I, I mean, not yet. Maybe, maybe it comes up way more later, but right now, all the times he mentions his sister's name, it just feels fine. It's like, okay, that makes sense. That's fine for like, like late in the next couple of chapters, he says her name when he gets tagged, it's fine. She's ever present in his mind. Maybe he's just finally cracking. Maybe he's lived too long, and 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 this current stress on on, on this manhunt for him is actually cracking him in ways that he isn't really aware of. You're he's, saying he's he's lost his chance to die a hero, and now he's going to become the villain. No, I'm saying that he is losing his ability to operate at peak efficiency because he's uh, dealing with this this these emotions that his his sister is bringing up. Um, sure. I think that the like he's this last couple of chapters he's spending way more time in his memory palace than we've ever seen him do before true and and he seems to be retreating there more and more and more and rebuilding it like maybe and and i've sort of just assumed that that's a part of how we are supposed to mature with understanding this character um but i think there's a part of it that's actually more a signal about how he is falling apart so i don't know i like i Maybe that's part of it. Do you have any more notes in that chapter? I do not. 74. Hannibal steals tens of vials of drugs from a hospital and flees in his truck. But notably, uh, the drugs that keep one aware during operations like open heart surgery or brain surgery. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Don't know why you mentioned that. Um, just, it's just notable. Sort of. No notes. Uh, I, I don't really have any notes either, but I will comment that this was an, an interesting chapter to read, even if it wasn't very long or detailed or, or like, you know, complicated. It was pretty straightforward, but the way that they depict Hannibal's processes are fun. Mm-hmm. It, it reminds me of there's a way that Thomas Harris writes Hannibal that is observable in this chapter where he does things so deliberately and so quickly that it's almost like the less obnoxious version of Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where, I can see it. Where, like, he's so quick and so meticulous and so thought out about how he's going to do this sort of dance with people when he assaults them. They have to slow it down so we can see his thought process. Yeah, that's what they do in the, in the stupid Sherlock Holmes movies. Sure. But, like, but with Hannibal, he just does it. Like, he's just... Emptying the trash can and then hitting a doctor over the head with a blackjack or whatever it is, and then t- immediately dragging him to the bathroom, taking his pants off for for a reason that I don't I think was only to like slow him down later. When well, he... but it, when he came to, he was wondering if he had passed out trying pushing too hard. Yeah. So maybe that was part of it. I maybe. Don't know. But but like, or if someone found him, they could assume that. Yeah, and and there's even things where like the little things Hannibal does do that's uh, that we do get to see are things like checking uh, announcing through the narrative his blood pressure like being mm-hmm. like oh, i'm still at this level i'm still calm essentially i think is what the, that, that's how i took out of it uh or his beats per minute kind of thing because mm-hmm. they talk about that a lot about this character but it's it's interesting to see him be so conscious of it it's almost like a uh, like a running diagnostic in terminator vision yes like he is kind of that analytical and that self-aware terrifying but uh, so this is actually a good chapter even though it was brief and yeah and and not not too much happened also makes me re- like think about how 
so I don't know how many times you've experienced this, but sometimes, how do I put this? Sometimes in my line of work, I will end up in places I am not usually. Okay. And I will end up behind barriers that are supposed to keep people out. Okay. And with it's so fascinating to me how much a little confidence and just enough of the right words can get you into places that otherwise people would stop you from getting into. I can't believe you're talking about your work with the CIA on this podcast. <laughs> and it's it's fascinating to think about how honestly it's I wonder how easy it would be to utilize that confidence and those like to come up with the right set of words, just enough information that you could just get into places. I think it'd be if you have the head for it, very easy. It just makes me yeah, and I, I think that uh Hannibal must have the head, as it were. And anyway, it's just like it's just fascinating. He does it a little more aggressively than I think I would try, but it's oh, still probably. Yeah, it's still fun. Okay. Chapter 75. Krenler receives a call that some of Starling's luxury tripwires were activated. A special bottle of wine from her birth year was purchased by a man in an old pickup truck. Krenler boards a helicopter for Muskrat Farms. Her farm? Either way. Okay. Um, the only note I had was I really liked the line about Krendler and all of his uh, luxury jogging wear. Yeah. There's a line about as though there was no man at all among the trademarks. That's fun. He sucks. Because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like it's, it's, yeah, fuck you, Krendler. He's such a shit. All right. Chapter 76. Mason, Krendler, Carlos Cordell, Cordell, uh, and, and Margot. Uh, update each other on their current state of their pursuit of Hannibal Lecter. They review the security camera footage from the wine store where Hannibal triggered the tripwire, and Mason goes over the specifics on how Hannibal will die with the group. Krenler explains he's put a tracking device on Starling's car. Um, the other thing here, I, I had a typo in my book, and I wasn't sure if you did. That amused me. Um, when Mason is telling Carlo that he can have his time with Hannibal, um... Carlos says, what he's supposed to say is, uh, grazie mille, padron. And what I had was, grazie milk, padron. Which, when I put it in the translator, even though milk's not Italian, <laughs> it came out, thank you, milk master. Thank you, which milk I really master. I really enjoyed that. Thank you, milk master might just be the title of this episode. <laughs> I, I really, I'm like, whoa, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, is, is it? <laughs> I like that. I like Thank You, Milkmaster. That's very funny to me. Um, I wonder what pig milk tastes like. Uh, garbage. Why? It's because of the swell they always eat. The leftovers. And... But what if they eat truffles? What if they eat Hannibal's? Well, then their milk would be sweet and nutty. Sure. Nice. Okay. Yeah, obviously, if they're eating their fresh acorns and shit, it would probably be really good, but... Farmed pigs is what I immediately went to, and I, I don't just think they're gonna. I want to meet a guy who just eats pig cheese. And like, have you ever <laughs> just eats pig cheese? That's <laughs> something so awful about the term pig cheese. I didn't even know what I was gonna say. That's fucking nasty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's, look, it's just, it's a thing I've never, it's never occurred to me no, that it could yeah. exist or be a sure. delicacy. I mean, of course it exists because they're mammals. Uh, yeah. But yeah, where's the, where's the, uh, you cheese know. Cheese made from pigs? Yeah, the exquisite pig cheese. Where's the delicacy pig cheese? Why isn't that on my charcuterie board? Answer me, Thomas Harris. <laughs> Various animals' milks cab be used for making cheese from yak to camel and donkey read more here however pig's milk is one of the rarest pig's milk is very hard to get and pig's cheese is not an easy one to find there are many reasons why one why there are many reasons why with main being that pigs are really difficult to milk wow that's from the cheesemakingworkshop.com.au well you know what they say where there's a vacuum there's opportunity. Oh, I thought you were going to say if you wanted to milk a pig, you had to go down under. I'm saying that you and I are going to start a pig milking business. 
Only the sweetest pig milk. The, it's, the, gonna, the, it's gonna put a dent in the suckling pig market. The twist is long pig milk. <laughs> that was a very nerdy laugh. <laughs> I was like, milk. Okay, let's go. All let's right. get back to the show, and we'll discuss our pig milk empire later. Part five: A pound of flesh. Thank you for doing that because I didn't write the parts in. That's okay. Chapter seventy-seven. Clarice goes grocery shopping with the Italians and Hannibal on her tail. Hannibal attempted to break into her car and give her a bottle of wine as a gift, but the Italians tagged him with a tranquilizing dart before he knew what hit him. They dragged him into their van and are making their way to Mason, but Clarice saw what happened, and after discovering the bottle of wine and the attached handwritten birthday greeting from Hannibal, understood what she saw. The only so that, note here is... Oh, sorry? No, 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 please, please. The only note I have here is I looked up Chateau, Chateau de Yakim from my birth year, and it's... uh. Now, $1,199. Well, it's probably shit. Did you account no, for Chateau. inflation? Uh, I mean, I don't know what you mean. Did you calculate how much your birth year wine would have been when this story takes place? Oh, I did not. No, I did not. I did not go backwards. I did not backwards calculate it. Okay. So unrelated to my birth year, that brings us to chapter. Yeah, well, I was going to say that this chapter is actually uh, uh, one of the more exciting chapters in this section of book we're reading. Because very much. there's actually action happening and, and finally, and something something changes as opposed to more groundwork and story building and, and flavor. And Clarice gets her coupon stolen. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, but, and and I wasn't going to mention it, but if, you, if you're, you're that into coupons, okay, yeah, it's a, it's a, Upsetting chapter because she gets her coupon stolen. It's true. Okay, chapter 78. Starling, now stripped of her FBI authority, is stuck reporting the incident to other law enforcement agents. The experience is tedious and exposes how far her station in the Bureau has fallen. She regrets not pursuing the vehicle with a civilian car. The vehicle being the van that took Hannibal. And the, a civilian car meaning she she reflects on how she should have illegally stolen someone else's car because the Italians... Uh, cut her uh, tires so they couldn't they they wouldn't help her drive, and so uh, she can't drive her car. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anything else? Nope. Okay. Chapter seventy nine. Krenler and Mason speak on a secure line about Starling witnessing the abduction and reporting it. Mason and Krenler discuss how they'll handle her. My note is okay. A one page chapter is complete bullshit. That's was it. That one page for you. That was one page for me. A single page oh. on a single book. Huh. It doesn't feel like it was a couple Kindle pages, so I didn't notice. Um, I did note. Wait, is this 78 or 79? This should be 79. Did you have a note in 78? No, no, no. I was just making sure that we were already 79 because I didn't have a note. That's what threw me. Um, registering false claims of harassment is pretty clever on Mason's part. Mason is, is very clever on how he's going to continue to uh, keep her occupied with bureaucracy. Yeah, it um, was that was I was just like, oh, shit. Because he was expecting her at some point to come after him, and he could say, "Oh, she's been bugging me this whole." That's great. It's fascinating how much of his his work is like, "Oh, well, I actually published this uh, letter in response to Hannibal in these papers, but I will accuse her of doing it, and because there's no way to prove she didn't do it, uh, it'll just stick." And it's like that's yeah. fucked up. Like that's how is there no uh, you know checks and balances for this? That's really fucked up. Yeah. And same here, where it's like, I'll just say she's been harassing me for a while. I don't have to prove it. <laughs> like it's just he's. But I mean, if he that. called it in and left filed a police report, that would do wonders. Yeah, but again, he doesn't even have to have evidence that it's happening. He just right. all he's doing is just accusing. No, anyway, absolutely, absolutely. It, it, and again, with that, it shows the difference in power between men and women. Because when, uh, when Clarice accuses Krendler of what he's actually doing, it doesn't matter. She's and she's she disregarded. To, yeah, and she has to. Take into account they're probably thinking she's hysterical, but she can't say she's not hysterical because it's the first thing a hysterical person says. It's a whole yes, thing. exactly, and and so it's the same here where, where Mason and the these all these other horrible men just get to utilize their privilege in this way, where mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, nobody's going to second guess me. I'm competent. It's been my, this way my whole life. People do not second guess me. Right. She's sitting there going, well, I can't actually have emotions here because people will say I'm crazy, and that's man, that's fucked up. Great job, Thomas. 
Great job yeah. illustrating this uh, this bullshit. Even if you have to do it in a one page chapter, you fuck. Um, <laughs> just just do the three little like star thing and then make a new new paragraph in the previous chapter, man. It's not like fuck. Don't need a whole nother chapter for this. Chapter eighty. Starling collects John Brigham's guns, prints out a map to Mason's farm, and drives toward Muskrat Farms to pay Mason a visit. It's fine. It's just, it's more, you know what's funny is that he'll do these chapters that are like, okay, and then, and then she tied her shoelaces, and then on the right foot. Oh, no, I like this chapter. Hold on. And then she'll tie her shoelaces again. But, there, towards the end of Silence of the Lambs, there are a number of chapters where he just jumps over connective detail like this sure and it is kind of confusing when when clarice is going around interviewing all those people before she makes it to james gum's house mm-hmm. there's a lot of disconnect about where is she when is she how is this when is right, this happening right. and here it's like he is being very specific about these I th- things and i think, think there's a reason okay yes okay so a couple notes in this chapter first of all just the opening dressing of the chapter, I really like Starling's quiet envy of Ardelia's family in history. Because you're raised in the orphanage. She just goes in just like, oh, to a direct line to her past. This is amazing. I wish I had that. Then, getting Brigham's old gun out and deciding to right wrongs outside the law, it's just a very Western. This is the I'm going to go get Black Bart moment. That's what that's what it felt like to me. This is not just her tying her shoe. This is I'm strapping on the gun, I'm putting on my hat, and I'm going out getting ready to go guns a blazing. High noon's approaching. That it's eleven thirty. I like that. Um but at the same time, um she 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 gets out her like or Brigham's honorary like badge that had been framed to use as a fake FBI credential, and then sees her diploma and crumples it up to use as a possible warrant in the dark. And that point that's a great image of Starling starting to lose a little bit of grip of reality. It's like, because any paper could have worked for that. But she's like, oh, I'll use my diploma. Sure. Um, it's kind of the rationalization of a child when you're like, talk yourself into something. And I'm, I, I, I just like that. Just a little bit of Starling unmoored. Yeah, it's like her, her diploma is a little bit of a security blanket. Like yeah. having it itself gives her power, mm-hmm. even though... In, in, any paper could have worked for the purposes she's describing. Maybe not. Maybe maybe, it, the, maybe. Well, it's also just kind of an insane thing, like an add-on that 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 you would do as a kid when you talk yourself into something stupid. You're like, oh, and uh, oh, this paper that could act like a warrant. Sure. Well, I think that the difference would be with this. Her her diploma might actually have like seals on it. Like might actually maybe. have like FBI insignias on different mm-hmm. spots. And maybe to an untrained person who could just see, well, this is real FBI paperwork. I'm overwhelmed. Where do I start reading to understand what this thing means? And by then she's taken it away again and mm-hmm. and then starts asking you questions again. So you just, I, I think, I think it, giving her a little bit more credit there. That, that oh no 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 no. I'm not saying it's stupid. I'm just saying it's. It's flirting with the edges of not thinking everything all the way through. Well, I'm going to politely just disagree. And that's well, fine. I think uh, that's we have to put up our dukes now. Oh, man. Sorry. All right. <laughs> um, anyway, okay. So uh, I, I li- also liked the timely reference to MapQuest. That was a, a fun callback. Mm-hmm. But no, I think I you're. I think you're right about how her her getting John's guns and uh, it's those like things. getting Pa's gun. Yeah, and also I, I I hadn't really connected to the element of like how lonely and lost she kind of still is mm-hmm. um, with Ardelia's family comparison. So that's good. Yeah, cool. I'm uh, pretty insightful. Or are you ready to incite our way into chapter eighty one? Yeah, Mason. Duh imagines what he'll do after he kills Lecter and Hannibal arrives on the farm by way of the service road. Basically what I mean by what Hannibal or uh, Mason imagines is he, it's sort of like he recognizes he's about to be the dog who caught the car or the cat who caught the canary, you know, like I'm just really not sure what to do next. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he sort of amuses himself with the idea that he'll like, there's a little bit of disappointment. Like he's, He's going to succeed at something that was driving his entire life, and now he won't have that, so he'll just go back to being kind of a fucking awful, He, he might guy. make a wonderful Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, 
I did I did enjoy seeing Mason. Like it's been hinted at before, but this is where you first see just a little nugget of his fear of Hannibal. Oh yeah, where he has a little mantra of he'll be he'll finally be dead he'll finally be dead, and it's like oh you are still kind of afraid of him, like afraid he'll come back. Just that he's out there. That the one point of you know Mason's used to being in control, often to awful extremes, and Hannibal was a reality check that he does not like. Yeah. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah. Um, also, in this chapter, he announces that he's, he plans to feed Hannibal's nose to his eel. Um, he's yeah, he's he's definitely. This is what I do when I win the lottery. <laughs> yeah, I I I cut his balls off. No, I'd feed his nose to my eel. Oh no, wait, I. Okay, sure, man. Yeah, exactly. Okay, chapter eighty-two. Hannibal is crucified above the pig pit. While Mason explains his plans for the evening, Hannibal insults Carlo's dead brother, and Carlo cattle prods Hannibal in the eyeball. Mason sends Margot to the killing trough to keep the peace. No, nope, that's what happened. Well, yeah, and, and just to reiterate the emphasis of it, um, keeping Hannibal's eyes uh, unharmed is extremely important to Mason, and after that incident, he's threatening Carlo with not getting any money. And, right. lo- and losing out on the entire thing he's been working for, which is, you know, a good, you know, uh, leash to pull on Carlo. But uh, nevertheless, Hannibal's all fucked up in the face now. Right. And he also, uh, this is another one of those moments where it's really fascinating to see how he controls his body by, like, jumping into Memory Palace and imagining pushing the side of his face that's been cattle prodded and burned and, and swollen up against a marble statue of Venus that he, he imagines is cool and mm-hmm. cooling on his face. So he can like sort of mind over matter, if you will, himself into handling this pain and actually feels the coolness on his face. Yeah. Because yeah. he's making those neurological connections. It's fun. It's fascinating. Um, all right. Chapter 83. Hannibal attempts to sway Margot into letting him help her take Mason's semen and then kill him, kill Mason, letting Hannibal take the blame. Margot refuses, but after insulting her, she rips a chunk of scalp from the good doctor and walks back to Mason's room, just as Hannibal had suggested. To plant evidence of him murdering Mason. Right. Man, this 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 rivals the toughen your nipples. In Hannibal being horrible to somebody, I was taken aback what he said to her about which, the walnuts. Which, oh, which part exactly? I'm sorry. Uh, I, I no, no, it's absolutely okay. Um, I was hoping he would ask. <laughs> uh, I mean, I remember her, him, her pulling out the walnuts from his from her pocket and crushing just, them. Just, in front just, of him. just, just give me a moment. It's, it's loading. Oh, is this? Oh, sorry. Okay, just wait for it. Yes, it probably is. Okay. Can you still crack a walnut? She reached into her pocket and brought out two. The muscles of her forearm bunched and the nuts cracked. The doctor chuckled. Excellent. With all that strength, walnuts, you can offer Judy walnuts to help her get past the taste of Mason. Yeah. Which is a whole bunch of horrible callbacks all in one sentence. And you're like, God damn it, dude. Yeah. I got to admire, like, as awful as it is, I have to admire your ability to know where the buttons are and which one to push. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting because, like, as even as a reader, you kind of imagine that Judy is off limits from Hannibal. Like, she's protected, or not Hannibal, from Mason. Like, she's protected mm-hmm. by Margot. And then for Hannibal to basically tell Margot, no, as long as Mason's alive, you aren't safe. She isn't safe. No one's safe. Well, and also, I'm suggesting, I know you've already thought of this in some dark oubliette again of your mind but i'm going to draw that line for you because you're clearly avoiding it yeah and you need to be aware that as soon as you want this he's going to add another condition and it's going to involve her and you're not going to like it whatever that might be but this is a great illustration of it right no it's it's also he's mentioned twice i think up to this point because in this chapter he says it to her again but he he calls to mind earlier that he is not going to take the chocolate Mm-hmm. And he even asks her about how she is still taking the chocolate, I think, in this in this chapter. Something like that. I think I think it was, so you finally decided to take it. Right, right. Because Mason had done other horrible things to her, but she never right. took the chocolate. Right. Um, again, horrible. Horrible. Illusion, but um, very well done. Great imagery. <laughs> 
Anyway, okay, moving on. <laughs> Evocative, powerful yeah. imagery. I'll give you that. Yeah. All right, chapter 84, Clarice breaks into Muskrat Farms. I enjoyed reading Starling in a Fervor, the way it yeah. was written in a kind of, you know, staccato, no real plan, but each thought leading to the next one. I've definitely had those moments I could relate. Yeah. That's a bit, that's it. I just like no, it. It's, it's fun little heisty Starling. All right, chapter 85. Cordell offers Hannibal painkillers to lessen the severity of his execution, but the doctor refuses by biting Cordell's eyebrow off. Cordell <laughs> prepares the doctor's IVs and readies the van to move Mason. I just like the little bit at the end where the device that was tracking Starling's car has clearly been unplugged so a cigarette lighter could be plugged in. It's like the one chance they had to know that Starling was there on the farm. They blew yeah. because of the cigarette lighter. Smoking kills again. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that's all I have. I don't have any yeah. more notes for this uh, section of chapters. That's all I have as well in these chapters of which you speak. Um, I do have words for a new word. Oh, so do I, but I bet a lot of them are the same. Possibly. Are you ready? Yes. Plenipotentiary. Um, that's like some because this is the one I looked up. I would not. I would never even heard it outside of this book. That is like someone with power of attorney, but for like a government. Yeah. Or a business. Or or a business, sure. It's it's it, as an adjective, it means some something that is invested with full power. As a noun, it is a person, especially a diplomatic agent, invested with full power to transact business. So yes, like, like a lawyer would be for a company, or or um, power of attorney is a great example. I think I had a another one, but that's honestly like it. I've got two more from this book. Oh, okay, go for it. Okay. Internecine. I forgot. I don't remember. What is it? Internecine. No, I don't know what it is. In, oh, internecine. I, I read it as internecine, which I feel is probably closer. Of or related to involving conflict within a group. But, but that's... It was... Ardelia was used to the inter, internecine nature of the FBI. Basically, oh, right. when two factions will be... It's the opposite of mutually beneficial. Oh, okay. They'll you know kind of both destroy each other. Mutual destruction. Mon Montagues and Capulets. I guess would be a way to look at it, but within, you know, within their own faction. Yeah. So Capulets and Capulets. <laughs> like, I'm not doing a good job at, uh, what? I don't know. I'm hitting a wall here. Got one okay. more. Ready? Yeah. Flousy. Flousy? Flousy. F L B L. Oh, like having the attributes of a shirt. <sighs> that is what comes up. Um, I did it. You did, but I found a better description than the one I'm finding on my actual dictionary app. So hold on, if I can find this again. His shirt was shirt-like and well, shirty. This is when somebody picked up and read a blousy newspaper. Oh, like billowy? Like it's? I think I think it. I mean, having a coarse, ruddy complexion, disheveled in appearance, maybe oh. billowy, but it, it maybe it could be referring to like We're the tattler, just, just dirty blousy and but i swear i read another definition that would that said like the consort of a homeless person or like a bum mm. and i'm like what <laughs> interesting like 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 a like a bum's girlfriend was this like was this related to the scene where uh starling gives change to the bum no that was earlier that was when she was going to the fbi he said, bless you, and she said, thanks, I'll need it. Or every little bit helps. This was definitely in chapter... Shit, I don't even remember now. Hmm. Hold on, I can find out. Oh my god. No, we're gonna do this. Ladies and gentlemen, this extra long episode of Death Readers brought to you by Rob's gonna do this. <laughs> <laughs> so many things are brought by that. Oh shit. Oh shit. Just shut up, man. I think it's time for a new Kindle. <laughs> Anytime you're ready. Oh yeah, I know, I know. So, 
What do you mean there are no risotti pieces? Sh- oh, text and book. Oh, apparently it's in two of my the books I have on here. That's interesting. This is in the chapter where Hannibal is in the hospital. Okay. Dr. Lecter rose and scratched. He picked up a blousy newspaper from an end table and walked out of the waiting room. So well-worn, dirty. Probably. Okay. So now, at that point, I remember where I saw the definition, which was when I highlight the word and read it in my Kindle. Kindle. Okay. Adjective of a woman, coarse, untidy, and red-faced. A blousy woman wearing Bermuda shorts and a Bally sweatshirt. Uh, early 17th century from obsolete blouse. Beggar's female companion of unknown origin. That's what it was. And that's what amused me. Beggar's female companion. Wow. Like, wouldn't that just be a beggar? <laughs> okay, cool. Very interesting. This is a lady beggar. I'm never going to remember that word, but it is very interesting. It's very, it's too specific to ever use, I think, unfortunately. Um, I do have one more, though. Okay. Huddle. Uh, could you not hear it? Here, I'll, I'll... Could not hear it at all. Huddle. Huddle. I've been subsequently informed that that is hold on for dear life, and it has to do with uh, crypto strategies. Would yeah. this at all be uh, a <laughs> reference to the fortune cookie that I received? <laughs> which said, I huddle, therefore I am, which is not a fucking fortune. <laughs> Just your That's face a motto. It's an auto-motto cookie. <laughs> You realized what I had done was so was so. Uh, I'm putting that in my memory palace. I'm gonna go back to it anytime I need to feel happy. Just see Rob's furious realization and and not amusedness. Your 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 vacant but slightly furrowed brow. Oh man, that was so good. That was so great. Yes. You are correct. Mm. <laughs> um, but hey, I found a pronouncer, a pronouncer for it. You did. I'm impressed. Hey, did you did you also happen to see the new content on the Death Readers Facebook page? No. Oh, okay. That good? was that was done in a similarly uh, oh, similar fashion. Well, I'm sorry that you had to spoil your surprise. No, I was. Oh, this is not spoiling. I, if I get to watch you get mad about it, I'm going to be happy too. It's it's. <laughs> oh, they're doing the thing where they're showing me things they think I want to see. Yeah, you want to go of... to our. The I know what I want to do. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Piece of shit. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> okay. No. Oh wait, yeah, it's okay. The David Lynch thing? Yeah. There's some who hold it against Balenciaga, but they're not worth bothering with. I don't know what's happening. It's Balenciaga, not Balenciaga. <laughs> it's, um, a... I'm sorry, I'm sorry if this... Ruin this for you. Are they all Harry Potter on purpose? What's happening? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. When's the Balenciaga? <laughs> is this what you wanted? <laughs> it's going to get so much worse later, and it's going to be so good. Son of a bitch. <laughs> you kept watching. You didn't stop at all. You could have stopped at any moment. You could have stopped. You could have turned it off. And the like, whole well, time. The no. whole time. The whole time. Always. You fucking TikTok me, man. That's not cool.
He's going to pop something in his brain, folks. He is so proud of himself. I I just really ex- like I know that on the video at some part of the video it says this was from TikTok the whole time too. <laughs> and... I maybe I mean I watched it <clears throat> horizontally on my phone. I even turned it sideways. So small okay. if there's a watermark, I didn't see it. What? Okay, so <laughs> So there's this uh there's this thing that's been going on this trend of um basically people just taking like AI generated like art and video and telling it to create a um like mix some things together like make me harry potter if it was if it was at a balenciaga fashion show and then like it'll be like specific characters whatever through whichever ai generated artwork they're using and then somehow in this video they're also using some sort of software to make it animated to uh very very poorly constructed references to different franchises and this one was specifically with harry potter and the thing that struck me about it that was so interesting was how for some reason when you combine these things the balenciaga brand just really looks like if david lynch directed whatever franchise you're applying to this filter so this is just mugatu yes because i'm like they're like the Balenciaga trash bag is seventeen hundred dollars, and I'm like, okay, so it's just it's just yes. Mugatu. No, yes, it is. It, it's it's fascinating. Okay. Um, but again, the AI like specifically what got me was that was the the twins was the 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 Weasley twins and how much they just look like Sting to me out of out of Dune. And it was like, I, I, as soon as I made that connection, I was like, wow, everything in here feels like it could easily just be like discarded art direction from the, this weird period of time where David Lynch was going to direct Sorcerer's Stone or something. And I just, I thought that was fascinating. So you made that? No, of course I didn't make it. I just shared All it right. on, I shared it on our page. It's fine. I mean, Balenciaga is apparently a French designer, so whatever. He's not Italian. I don't care. I don't TikTok, Doug. Hey, I I know you don't. I know you know, but now everyone knows that I know you know, and you know I know, (laughs) and shit. Well, I just remember... I'm just raging right now. (laughs) I just remember this period of time where Rob was like, hey, man, you got to start posting stuff on our socials. Whatever you want to post, you just got to post something. So then I did. Me and my big mouth. (laughs) Book grande. Anyway, <laughs> um, hey, uh, guys, there's new content that isn't really ours on our Facebook page. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. all not, right. Uh, not posting about Goldberg variations and uh, Lita and the Swan, apparently. But uh, now this trite, <laughs> trite. Hey, we contain multitudes. <laughs> we are Legion for we are many. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well, next time on Death Readers, we will be finishing this book, I believe. I don't think there's any reason to delay it any longer. Um, no, it's a fine wine, but it's matured. It's breathed. Yeah, eight, 86 through the end of the book. Um, I I, uh, I don't want to get into my overview of the book t- prematurely, but uh, I will be grateful to be done with this in, 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 a, in, a, in a satisfied way, in a not sure. bitchy, shitty way. I mean, the... It really has been a, a chore with how short he's made these chapters and how sure. unnecessarily short they've been. Um, it, it does feel like it adds a lot more time to the to the work with what I have to put into ahead of time, and that's I'm I'm ready to be past that. If only there was a book that had long winding chapters. There might be. It would still take me a long time to write about it. Do you have a book in mind? Do you have a specific? No, I was just, I was just thinking, you know, the, a book whose chapters go there and then back again. Weird. I don't know where there would be. All right. Um, to the middle point of the chapter. Oh, middle chapter. Right. What? Right. That sounds like what you're describing, right? Wow. Violent. <laughs> okay. Violent, okay. Violent guy. Okay. Look. My TikTok surprise, my my TikTok tiger pit has clearly <laughs> your your April Fools by two days off. <laughs> Did you post it on April first? Hoping I would say. I it? think I posted it yesterday, so no, okay. not not really. I but posted still. it yesterday because I saw it yesterday and I was like, you knew I wouldn't trust or look at it. 
I knew that you wouldn't like seeing a TikTok. And I thought that, that, that if I found a TikTok with the right context for it being appropriate to post on our page, you might watch it. And I thought that would be a fun, clever way to trap you into watching a TikTok, which I expected you to be furious about. Well. I'm glad I picked such a good TikTok, too. I mean, I'm really glad that it was so well done. and, and really I'm also glad that it was something I, I just couldn't understand, like Balenciaga. Because, I mean, I, I might have just... Had I the faintest inkling, I would have just assumed where it was going and be like, okay, I'm done with this. Yeah. But I couldn't even wrap my head around it because I'm like, what the fuck is a Balenciaga? Is that some sort of, like, I, I think the bagel that without I, a hole? I think the thing that I find fun about this this video one of the many things is uh i really do kind of feel like it's a bit of an indictment towards high fashion by and a mockery of it um mm -hmm. uh, by like, as you said presenting it as i'm sure it actually is which is no different than mugatu derelict <laughs> bullshit right. and um that's fucking great i you know fuck that world fuck those people <laughs> fuck that culture it's it's fucking nonsense there's this i, I keep seeing this this uh another TikTok about this. It's a fashion thing about this. I don't haven't looked into it too deeply, but apparently it's, it seems to be presented as a fashion show called straps or something like that. The, the, the only model I've seen is a woman who's walking down the, the runway wearing the female equivalent of like Borat's slinglet. Oh, okay. But like, I was going to say, I was going to say, was she on the outside of a building where they're floating cop cars? No, it's just like, the thinnest straps you can imagine going across a woman's body to cover up as little yeah, as possible. Yeah, I've seen the fifth element. I've already been imagining it's it. It's worse than that. I know. It's I less know it's mean. it's less covering than that. Um so yeah, it's uh so I, I don't know if I don't think that's Balenciaga and I, I if any if any fashion enthusiasts are listening, wow. Um I'm but just seeing guys with what look like um shoulder holster suspenders. That's all I put in straps fashion. That's all I'm saying. I guess maybe like this kind of. No. Okay. Yeah. That's that's the kind of shit I'm seeing. Um, I'm gonna look a little bit. I mean, this is definitely what we should be doing in the show. How about we end uh, the show and we take this offline? Um, uh, I think people want to know what we find. Uh, yeah, because it's so visual what we do. You know that they can really they we're can discussing. Really see... We're painting a, a a word picture. She's got straps on her body. I'm like fucking Hemingway over here. The old man in the straps. Ooh, wow. For whom the straps tolls. Well, this will be definitely an exciting... I'm running out. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Ah. What about yeah. this one? No. This is oh. more what I'm describing. Huh. It's basically nothing. No, that's like... This is like a joke about how much, how little, few clothes you can put on a person. It's like an S&M club in the Tron world, but using electrical tape. Yes. Yeah. It's awful. It's it just it's it's not even awful to me. It's just like I feel like I've wasted my time looking at it. I'm Let like, me rephrase. Whatever. When I say awful, I don't mean oh I'm offended. Oh god, oh, my sensibilities. Okay. What I mean is the the attitude behind what would produce this. It, the... it does kind of feel well. It's okay. That feels like the fashion equivalent of the TV show Dexter, which it's, you know it's I'm, like I'm it's, not a fan of. It's like it feels like the fashion equivalent of Edge Lord bullshit. What did I say? You didn't exactly. You said it's like Dexter. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. Well, those aren't the same words, so well, it's... Well, but they're the same thing, aren't they? It's not like you say... Well, but it is. Well, actually, well, I haven't seen Dexter, so I wouldn't know. I haven't seen Dexter either. That's the best but part. But you hate it. Yes, I do. <laughs> well, let's end the show. Okay. We have devolved into a self-indulgent <laughs> distraction, and the people want to go home. They want to stop listening, so... They are at home. They're doing their laundry. You don't know that they could be I on don't. the they could be on a spin cycle. They could be on the expressway, but Ladies maybe they need that much more uh, entertainment before their uh, stop comes up. Ladies and gentlemen, spin cycle is actually sort of a double entendre to refers to both laundry and exercising. And oh, sorry, <laughs> and me spinning out. Sure. So let's wrap it up. I don't know what that means, but when yes, you let's spin it out. Up. You wrap it back up. That was Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers. And please discuss us extensively on Reddit. It's fucking rat. To be clear, the the rock would go on a promo string of discussing different type of pastries and and dessert items like that by making comparisons between them and genitalia. So for him, pie was vagina, and mm. and more like vapina. Yes, indeed. Um, vapina means family. Um, that's a really good joke pretty good because it involves everything we're talking about because <laughs> they're both in that franchise now both who john cena and the rock john cena's in ohana or moana oh oh okay did you miss what i was what my joke i kind of because ohana means family and that's from moana which the rock star it's in. not it's not though ohana means family's in lilo and stitch yep my bad they're in the Lilo and St- they're both in Lilo and Stitch now. Mm-mm. No, they're both in Fast and Furious, which is all about family, which is where I immediately <laughs> went to it. Okay, so you're telling me that Stitch is going to show up in the next Fast and the Furious movie? Yes, and turn yes. to Don, played by John Cena. Turn to Don Toretto and go, family, <laughs> or whatever that voice is. That's as close as Stitch memories I got. Yes, that's exactly what I just saw the trailer last night, and that's uh, what happens. You're welcome. That is from Moana. Well done. Thanks. Anyway. Hey, hey. Is that Fat Albert? I don't know what that is. The chicken in Moana's name, hey, hey. Oh. Played by Alan Tudyk. I know who he's played by. Well, I didn't fucking know anything else. I knew many other things. Weird ass conversation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think this is in the show, but whatever. Eh, you never know what might be in the show. This should just go on to Patreon. This should just be like a, a, a Patreon tangent time. This will be a bonus. It's definitely worth people's money. <laughs> hey, let me put it this way when no one pays, everything's worth the money. <laughs> I mean, look. It, it, unfortunately, for people like you and I, who I think, at least, at least me, uh, prefer uh, quality over quantity. Uh, That's definitely just you. Substance over flash. I want um, more. Uh, mm. I wanted thirty-five minutes of Thor just ad-libbing about all the different weird gods that are around him in this one scene, and then like, how just, was Melissa McCarthy not in that movie? Yeah, how was she not? In, well, she was in that movie. Wasn't was she? Wasn't she in that movie? I'm not kidding. Was she not in that movie? Shit. Rob, do you not up. remember that she was in that movie? Uh, I might remember it, and that's why I make such a great joke. Isn't it like a callback to the weird uh, stage play Thor stuff they did in the? Oh the, shit! You're right. She's hella. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the movie in a nutshell, right there. Yeah, the movie that's sucks. Thor: Love and Ch- Thunder. It's fucking trash. I'm sorry that you. I'm, Did Paul I, Feig direct this? Yeah, feels like it. Um, sorry, what were you apologizing for? I what just was your, feel was bad. your sarcastic backhanded apology. I feel bad for you because I, I, well, I, 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 there's a look. It's not fun when people yuck your yum, and you had willed yourself to yumming that, and so like my unfair rationality comes in, and like I feel like pushes you in a direction where you're like it wasn't just you all the media i consumed was unhappy with that movie yeah um my daughter loves it though so i, I kept it to myself yeah that's that's I, I i would also if if it as long as you don't bring it up around me in her presence i won't rag on it well and he's just got that reese darby voice yeah, the show has. but he's also hilarious. And, well, I, I didn't mean his actual. I mean his oh, like okay. tonal voice. Oh, gotcha. Yes, yes. Um, um, yeah, 
Not just his race dabby voice. Yeah. I have no idea. That was that's close. pretty close. Yeah. You, you okay. could, I think it's in it's it's reachable for you. I think it's you, it's reachable, but I couldn't like I got the headphones on. I couldn't hear myself. No, it's, it was weird. Yeah. Um, um watch more of uh, It's like bright and poppy all the time. Yeah, it's a little bit um, like that. You gotta watch more uh Concords and then you'll get it. Uh I've never seen Concords. But that was that was actually what I was gonna say. Um to your point, even though he's doing the majority of the work on the TV show and co-created it with Taika Waititi, I don't think of our, uh, Reece Darby. What we do in the shadows? Oh yeah, yeah. Jermaine Clements. Yeah, exactly. And so that that you are right is what I'm saying. Yeah, I know I'm right. Um, thank you. Um, I know you know you're right, but <laughs> I know you like to hear it too. Should I just Google is honor. Among thieves in doesn't look like it. D. At least, at least where we are, 3D is notable for its absence here. But if you're a fan of stereoscop- stereosco- stereoscopic, it's not necessarily a bad thing. 3D is difficult to get right, and if it wasn't built in the design of the movie to start with, then leaving it out is the right call, says Forbes. Oh, that's who I trust for my 3D movie reviews. Come on, Rob. Whoa. T.J. Miller, when did you get here? Three, two, one. Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. You want to take that again? You're all slurry on. Welcome. Welcome to Death Readers. Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Look, I'm a man of extremes. (laughs) (laughs) You can either have... No enunciation or point- all of the enunciation. Po- pointed enunciation. <laughs> that nails Cajun seasoning blend of enunciation. We just took everything in a spice cupboard and put it in your enunciation. Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm matching you, man. You're not matching me. You're mocking me. <laughs> Those aren't the same thing. Come say, come say.